Welcome to Technado with Don Pizzette. Featuring sysadmin expert, Don Pizzette. Security specialist, Daniel Lowry. And Peter. Hello and welcome to Technado with Don Pizzette. I'm your host, Peter Van Rysdam, and I am joined by Don Pizzette. Don, Hello. how are you doing? I am doing great. We got a, a great week full of tech news for you today from all across the board. Uh, nothing too groundbreaking going on right now. It's a little bit of a lull, I think, because of the economy. We'll have to see how that goes. Yeah, there was still some some stupid stuff where people made mistakes or are just crazy. Yeah, yeah. Which, that'll be fun to get to uh, a little bit later on. And speaking of uh, stupid stuff and crazy, <laughs> Daniel, how are you doing today? You know me so well. <laughs> <laughs> Good to uh, have A you. more apt description I don't think I've ever heard. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. All right. Well, uh, speaking of, yeah, like, I mean, right off the bat, this this one is, is about crazy people. Uh, <laughs> so this is from Tom'sHardware.com, and the article is, Intel's Sapphire Rapids has 500 bugs. Launch window moves further. Well, that's good that they're delaying the launch, but, uh, and I love their, their punny little sub-headline here on Tom's <laughs> Hardware, someone call pest control. <laughs> 500 bugs, I don't know, I just smashed Yeah, it. yeah, Intel is having a bad week, and, and this is not the only negative headline out for, for Intel right now. they got a couple of different things going on. Uh, if you haven't heard of it, which I don't blame you, the Sapphire Rapids processor, uh, Intel has the worst code names. It's a horrible for that. Yeah, because <laughs> how do you, is that... Is that newer than Sand Lake or Hitler not available? (laughs) Well, well, (laughs) even if you went with that, what would it be like? Tyrants through the ages. Just Yeah, I was really looking for you know baby Papa Doc. So, (laughs) so Sapphire Rapids is their next generation server processor, right? So this is if you're if you're building a data center with Intel processors, Sapphire Rapids is the one that's on the horizon. They were hoping to release it here in 2022. Not going to happen. They announced it's being delayed to 2023 due to a couple of bugs, right? So there was a... Uh, Coronavirus. Normally, <laughs> normally there will be like two or three. They call them steppings when they have to go in and change something in the processor and redo it. Uh, a stepping is a big deal, right? Because they'll, they'll manufacture dyes to create the processors. They then run them through testing. And if there's a problem, they can't just say, well, let's do a software patch. They have to like rebuild the dyes. And so uh, what Tom's Hardware was saying was that it costs about $10 million every time they have to change the steppings. Well, they found 500 different bugs have now gone through 12 steppings so far. This might set a record uh, for Intel processors. It's really bad for them. They're having to push back to next year. That's not a good sign. At what point do they just throw their hands in the air and say, so, uh, you know, Ruby Pond. Yeah, we're skipping past <laughs> yeah. the old Sapphire Red. Well, yeah. So they can't do that. Really? And, and if you if you remember why, or if you remember just a little bit about Intel, Intel was really laying an egg just a year ago. Yeah. Uh, AMD was eating their lunch in pretty much every market. And it was looking really bad. They brought back their old CEO to try and get some of their swagger back. Uh, they gave up on their five nanometer. That's right. Foundry, right? Yeah, they just uh, couldn't make it happen. They couldn't, and so they gave up. They said, "Well, we'll <laughs> use TSMC or somebody like that." Right. So you can't give up too many times before you just shut down the business, right? Speaking of which, <laughs> they, they are shutting some things down. You know, they they sold off their Optane storage division a while back, but they've been holding on to Optane RAM. Uh, they have now taken the steps to close down Optane RAM. So all of their Optane product line has been shut down. That was uh, just a big laid an egg. You know, it was really great technology. Yeah. Super fast, super reliable, super expensive, like everything Intel likes. <laughs> it just didn't catch on. Well, yeah. that will be a problem. I mean, you can have the 
coolest thing on earth if it doesn't, you know, make people want to buy it. Yeah. Well, then there's that. You know, we see that over the years. Do you, do you guys remember Rambus Ram? Yeah. yeah so, I mean, I remember it. I don't remember anything about it. Most people are like you. They remember that it existed, but they never had it. And it yeah. was because, like, with modern SD RAM and, and DDR, whatever, the standard itself is free. Like, a- anybody can manufacture SD RAM. Anybody can manufacture DDR4, and you don't have to pay, like, licensing fees. But with Rambus RAM, they came up with a new design that was faster and better. But they said, no, you gotta you gotta pay us to use it. So if you want to make a motherboard that accepts Rambus RAM, you gotta pay a licensing fee for it. Uh. And so it it was offered in some workstations, but didn't really catch on. And even though it was better than what we had, it died. Yeah. And and that's kind of how Optane is. Yeah, and my guess is, you know, they, they probably build in in their budget for three or four of these steppings. So if we're at 12, we're already saying, all right, we gotta sell more of these than we thought we did to, <laughs> to turn a profit. But I'm looking at it from the side of a customer going, if I'm if if I saw a story about a car and they were like, yeah, that new Chevy, yeah, it used to blow up in in testing a lot, but uh, they said they fix it all now. So you want to buy the new Chevy? Remember those people that killed? I'm, yeah, I'm not <laughs> well, I'm not doing that. Yeah. Let me let me put a different spin on it. Uh, so Peter, would you rather buy this Chevy where we fixed 500 problems? Or this other Chevy where we didn't fix 500 problems. <laughs> I, I Boy, know. that's, it, that's it, a real no-win situation. Yeah, it's simpler, yeah, because yeah. it's never had 500 problems. Yeah. I don't know. It just sounds like... Uh, like Either 500 cursed... problems is the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. Remember that first <laughs> Broadway show, like that Spider-Man show, where yeah. like people were falling from the rafters, and like you just go, oh, just walk away. Yeah. It's, I mean, we'll start a new, is... a new they, show. They finally did that, right? I didn't they? They, did. they yeah. abandoned yeah. it. Like, this is done. That's people, what needs people to happen. People died, didn't they? Yeah. Yes. Multiple Spider-Men, yeah. I believe. Dude. So would you like to be Spider-Man on Broadway? I, I do not have a suicidal yeah. thought yeah. This spot head. just opened up. Yeah, I bet it did. After you cleaned what about, that what about the understudy? off the ground. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm going to take a pass on that. I'm waiting for the sequel to uh, Mac and Me. Yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> really so looking the forward to that. Yeah. Yes. Uh, who was it? Uh, Paul Rudd. That yeah. Every time we go on Conan would show that. That's fantastic. Uh, all right, yeah. So bad, <laughs> a bad time to be Intel. Um, get it together, guys. A good time to have, you know, Apple uh, Silicon or or AMD in your machine right now. Yeah, you know, for the for the regular rank and file consumer, this one probably doesn't matter. For data centers, something like this will actually have effect, really ramifications like two or three years from now. Okay. So it's it's hard for Intel to recover from it. And it's just a shame to see it because they they were getting better. Yeah. And this is a bit of a setback, and and we'll see how they end up on it. Uh, maybe maybe they'll end up with a, a processor that's more secure than we ever could have hoped, and it becomes the next standard. That, that's what's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they say you can't uh, make an omelet without breaking at least 500 eggs. Yeah. Well, right. There, there you it. go. That's make it. a four-egg omelet. <laughs> $10 million omelet. <laughs> omelet. Yeah. All right. Uh, this next one is from blog.linuxmint.com. Linux Mint Vanessa. Speaking of horrible code names. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Vanessa Cinnamon released. And so, uh, Don, you just hate this Linux uh, Mint version right off the bat, right? I, I wonder, like, which Vanessa it was named after, yeah. you know, like uh, Vanessa mm. Cosby? Vanessa Williams. I was going to say Vanessa Williams. Williams. Yeah, Same yeah. The one that came to mind right off the bat. <laughs> Beautiful woman. Yeah. Well, Talented woman, too. So Linux Mint. I know, Daniel, you're a fan of Linux Mint, although do you I, still run it? I still run Linux okay. Mint, yes. I haven't upgraded to, like, the latest. I, I don't do the the major distribution upgrades. I'll just do, you know, whatever upgrades are for my system to keep it secure and, uh, you know, working in, in yeah. that way. When I get a new PC, I'll probably move to this uh, version of Linux Mint because, yeah, I do like it. I think it's a very friendly 
Linux desktop experience and out of, I mean, Ubuntu is great. Yeah, you, you've been using Ubuntu as well. Sure. Right. There's, there's nothing wrong with that. I think it all kind of comes down to, well, you know, probably the bells and whistles and, and what you're looking for right out of the box without having to do a whole lot of tweaking. And I found that uh, Mint works for me. Well, what Linux Mint is known most for is its desktop, right? It's murder for hire. Well, there's that. you got to pay the bills. But, yeah. uh, but they really want to have that user-friendly desktop, and they create a great experience by using the Cinnamon desktop. Uh, they are built based on Ubuntu. And so there's people like me that are out there that, you know, I, I'm not a big fan of Linux Mint. Not not because I don't think it's a good OS, but because I don't think it offers enough to make me not just want to run Ubuntu instead. Uh, you know, sense. And why, why add an extra step in my update process or whatever. Well, when they made the decision that they were going to split off and create their own OS so that they could maintain the Cinnamon desktop the way that they wanted to, uh, they made a few decisions. And, and one of those was that they developed their own what's called a mutter uh, that runs in the background to, to help with all the window rendering and, and management. And so that was a big part of Cinnamon. They did that because they wanted Cinnamon to remain portable so that it could easily move to di different distros that were out there and it could be run wherever they wanted. Well, Linux Mint 21 is their next long-term support release. So an LTS release, if you run it in an enterprise or business or you just don't like doing major updates every year, uh, then this is the, the winner for you. This one will be supported all the way through 2027. Ooh. So it's a big deal. It's a big release. And they made a decision in it that I don't know uh, that I'm, I'm necessarily comfortable with. There's a lot of, of things where they, they talk about the new features. There's got this bell or this whistle. But the, the main thing is that they've moved to rebase their mutter. And, of course, since I'm... I'm just giving this article as fast as I can. I can't find the reference anymore. Control-F, our um, command-F, you stupid Mac user. Well, yeah, <laughs> I have to look. Um, there's actually a whole separate article on the actual technical stuff of what was new. But uh, uh, but they've rebased their mutter back closer to what GNOME has, hmm. which means some of the functionality on the back end is shifting closer to what GNOME did. Uh, one of the neat things about Cinnamon was that if you had like a GTK app versus apps with other frameworks, they would render the different ways. Well, now they're all kind of rendering the same way. So you lose a little bit of that flexibility. And simple things like the display settings tool, you know, where you'd bring it up, you'd see your monitors and arrangement, that's now rebased back to kind of the GNOME way. And it it seems like it's drifting a little bit back to the desktop that they moved away from, yeah, which I, I think is odd. Do you got any theories on why this is occurring? Like Because it's a pain in the butt to support, like, you're, you're maintaining your own. Right, right. That, just, that's a lot of work. They just bit off a little more than they could chew. I, I, I don't know. And maybe maybe there'll be a lot of benefits to this. Maybe yeah. it means that security updates will come in faster yeah. or, or when new updates and flashier things come to GNOME, they'll be able to adopt it more quickly. For the most part, and when I say for the most, I mean like 99% of the UI, it still looks like cinnamon. You still have that that experience, but there's going to be some subtle changes. So if you make an update and 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 take the plunge to Linux Mint 21, uh, don't be surprised if certain elements of your desktop look a little bit different. If you're rolling this out to like a school or a library, make sure you test it out first because you'll probably get some end user comments. Yeah, well, the, I know the Linux community, and they never say anything about anything. So yeah, very, very sure. tight lip. They'll yeah. just take it. Yeah. And when they do, it's like talking to a Canadian. It's yeah. all like, hey, I'm sorry, it's a great yeah. system. And things are perfect, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I, I know that, that Linux Mint 21 was based on Ubuntu 22.04. You knew but that. Huh? I was under the impression that there were going to be three desktop versions, not so not just Cinnamon, but there also usually is Mate and versions. XFCE. Are those coming not out say. at the same time as well? You were doing so well. Yeah, until you oh, said Mate. Is that wrong? 
damn it. What is mate? Mate. Mate, yeah. The... Well, that's how you say it. I mean, I... Say mate. Say mate. <laughs> yeah, because I found an article that was uh, telling me, because uh, I was like, why is it named Vanessa? And apparently they always do women's names. If uh, 19 was Tara and 20 was Uliana, um, but it, it mentions. Uliana could be a man's name. Uliana. Yeah. But it's not in this case because they always do women's names. Um, yeah. So yeah. Uh, now they've always done multiple desktops, but like XFCE is a separate project, which you can you can get XUbuntu or you can even just install Ubuntu, Fedora, even Red Hat has XFCE for it. So, uh, you know, you can get those other places. Um Matei is a neat one, uh, and I, I, Daniel, do you remember the history? Is that the one that's based on GNOME two? Like, I don't remember honestly. I don't think I used Matei a whole lot. I think um, Parrot Linux was is or was running it, and I was like, eh, I don't really like this interface very much. So I just kind of threw my hands in the air and walked yep. away. I just Googled it real quick while oh, you were talking there. Um, you can so, do that, but you can't control a command F to <laughs> well, look no, for mutter. It's, it's based on uh, mutter, the yeah. way my memory works and effort. Oh, so <laughs> so uh, when GNOME went from GNOME 2 to GNOME 3, there were a lot of people that hated GNOME 3. And so what they did is they forked GNOME 2, and that became Mate. So like, if you wanted to stick with GNOME gotcha. 2, that was the desktop you wanted. And if you wanted a really lightweight desktop, you went with XFCE. But if you wanted the bells and whistles, if you wanted the bees knees, that was cinnamon. Man, anytime I hear lightweight, I, I, I remember I started running XFCE like, I don't know, mid-2000s, maybe early 2000s. And then somebody was like, well, don't forget about Fluxbox and Blackbox and LXDE. The, yeah, LXDE. Yeah. And then I kind of ran those bad boys for a while. And then, you know, I kind of drifted away because I started doing sysadmining and it didn't do a whole lot of, yeah. of Linux stuff at that point. It was all Windows. And then I came here and rolled right back around all Linux ways. Yeah. Well, you know, now we have a lot more RAM. Video cards are more powerful. And so yeah. you don't necessarily need lightweight. Uh, I think if, if I actually had run lightweight, like, like on a Raspberry Pi, yeah. uh, XFCE is grown a bit yeah. and it's not as lightweight as it used to be i think lxde actually does a better job Just, yeah i would say yeah. so yep. yeah so anyway yeah um linux mint cinnamon is out and uh, keep an eye out this fall for uh, linux mint uh pumpkin spice <laughs> which comes out uh sometime in mid-october i believe are they going to go through each of the spice girls <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, was Posh. i don't know if pumpkin spice yeah. was a uh, spice girl yeah. <laughs> yeah. she was one of the backups yeah she was jaundiced had, yeah. <laughs> that's what i think called her pumpkin spice because she's a little orangish yellow in color <laughs> no it's a spray tan yeah, yeah. oh that's what it was. <laughs> all right uh Plus she just had a liver that was failing <laughs> yeah they were all british except for pumpkin spice who was from new jersey yeah, yeah. <laughs> the trailer parks in kentucky <laughs> Let's move on to Pharonix.com for our next article. Uh, Linux 5.19 released. Linus Torvalds released it from an Apple Silicon MacBook. <laughs> yeah. Was he running? Uh, he was WSL standing on top of it with his other laptop. So this one was pretty interesting, right? Because I believe it was about a, well, it would have been about a year and a half ago when Apple announced the M1s and they released the first uh, MacBook Air that had an M1 processor. And Linux Torvalds came out and said, look, don't expect to see Linux running on M1 Max anytime soon because it's closed hardware. We don't have access to the BIOS and, and so on. Like any number of roadblocks that were hmm. going to stop it. So he said, don't count on it. Well, here you fast forward a year and a half. And you've got not only Linus Torvalds running on a Mac, he's got Linux natively installed on it, and he's pushing the latest version of the kernel out using it. So pretty 
pretty rousing endorsement that it is possible to run Linux on the new Macs. And his is actually an M2 Mac, so the, the latest and greatest. Because I think, I, I don't know if they give him stuff or somebody makes sure he has all the hardware he wants. Yeah. Uh, but he basically said, like, Linux had been making a big push into the ARM world. And he wanted to make sure that he was eating his own dog food. That if ARM was the way of the future, he wanted to work in ARM. And so it was exciting for him to do that. Uh, now, the the distro of Linux that he's running is, uh, where's the name? It's like Asari Linux or something. It's got a strange name. No. Uh, but it, it's... it's <laughs> Linux distro with a strange name? Yeah. It's one that of. we mentioned before, but it, it's, it's specifically crafted to be able to run on the new ARM-based Macs. Uh, I've messed around with it a little bit, and I found it a little bit flaky, but hmm. he knows more about Linux than I do. Just so, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, you know, if, if if I don't have a kernel module, it's a problem. If he doesn't have a kernel module, he like, just writes one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's <laughs> a whole different world. Uh, man, I got to find the. You see, Don, this distro. is where I started telling people you know what? I don't care where you're starting off in the old IT world. Just start learning some programming because it's a good idea. And then you could write your own kernel modules when things go awry. This, this is a, a handy skill to have. And this is yeah. interesting because this is 5.19, and he said that. Uh, 5.2 or 2.0 will uh, he'll call the Linux 6.0 kernel. So this is where we're making the big ready to make the jump. The big move. Yep. Uh, it was uh, Asahi Linux. A S A H I. That's the the distro that he's Asahi. running. Asahi. So it yeah. sounds like the berry from South America that they try to sell you the juice. Oh yeah, and it's good for your antioxidants. Yeah, you see on uh, multi-level marketing yeah. uh, all yeah. over the back of Lexus SUVs. Oh, yeah. like the Tahitian nani yes, juice, exactly. right? Yeah, yeah I've seen those. Food. Yep. It's a super yeah, food. it's a yeah. super food. So you know, Asahi Linux is not a name we've all heard of, but this is not the first time we've seen it in the Mac world, right? Because a long time ago, one of the early distros that really caught on for a Mac was Yellow Dog Linux. Oh, old Yellow Dog. Uh, Yellow Dog Linux that created Would the Yellow Dog. Yeah. They created the Yellow Dog Update Manager, or YUM, that was used for many, many years in the Red Hat world. So, uh, you know, it, it, it's not something you want to laugh—well, we can laugh at it all we yeah. want, but it's not something you want to ignore that, you know, likely pieces of this distro will end up in other distros. Yeah, the—what was the first time I kind of bumped across Yellow Dog was I was in—I I was going to school, and this guy had a MacBook, and he had Yellow Dog installed, and I was like, that's crazy. What the hell? Where do you get all that money? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we're students. You shouldn't have that. No, at least at that time, anyway. Now it's kind of more commonplace than not. Yeah. Well, I so I remember like my first computer when I when I got my first copy of Linux. So yeah. you know, Slackware Linux on floppy disks. This would have been like 1992. <laughs> I was worried like I'm about to format my computer and put another operating system on oh, there. You started early. And, I yeah. This up. And, yeah. And what if I what if I can't recover? Actually, I think I was running OS2 on that system when I, yeah. you know, wiped it and and installed Linux and uh and it wasn't like if something went wrong, you couldn't say, "Let me Google how to fix this." Yeah, right. It was like this is done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And if your modem drivers didn't load, there was no way to get on the internet. And yeah, it was it was a challenge. I remember buying uh, external modems uh, for my Linux system because they were better supported. Yeah. Right. And did you go to the fourteen four? Or did you? <laughs> no, at that time. So like when I really, I didn't start to really get into Linux until like the early two thousands. I kind of okay. fiddled around with it in the late nineties. And then decided I was going to make that my main operating system in the early 2000s. And then I was like, what do you mean my modem isn't? What do you mean this doesn't support it? What do you mean? Yeah. This piece can't of print. Yeah. <laughs> so what was, what was your first Linux distro? Do you remember? Uh, my first Linux distro was Red Hat. 
Okay. That was the first. And then when I decided to like really take it on, I ran Red Hat for a little bit and then jumped to Man uh, Mandrake, I guess it was mm-hmm. at the time. It's probably the best at that point in time for desktop stuff. Uh, so that was really well. And then I jumped to Slackware, and I was a Slackware dude for a while. Yep, that was the trendy one. It was. <laughs> it was. All right. Well, let's move on. We mentioned, uh, you know, the the stupid things happening at Intel, but they they weren't the only uh, ones doing something dumb this week. That's why our next segment is all about Go. Peter. <laughs> hey. All right, so this one comes to us from TechCrunch.com. Hackers stole passwords for accessing 140,000 payment terminals. And I didn't recognize the name of this one right away, but it said this is very popular in Southeast Asia uh, and, and that part of the world. It's, what is it, Wise, uh, Wizzy or Wise you know, Assy? I could <laughs> <Why>? not... <laughs> I could not find confirmation on how to pronounce this, yeah. so I have no idea. W i s e a s y. So it's either whiz easy or wise assy, <laughs> or probably neither of those. What's that say? Yeah, it's uh, But yeah, so they what that someone. Well, I, I, it always goes back to people. So someone it goes back in to the people. company, and they put these on the dark web. Yeah. So basically, what happened is, uh, well, let's talk about the equipment first. So Wiseasy uh, is what I'll, I'll choose to call it. Uh, <laughs> they manufacture these little wireless terminals that a waiter or waitress can hold. Uh, and so when you go to a restaurant and you eat at the end of your meal, they can bring this little terminal over so that you can tap your credit card or you know insert for pin chip and all you that. Never your card never leaves you then. Yes. Which I, I love those places. Great security feature, right? Yeah. And the terminals right there, you see everything. You you would assume that a payment processing company like this would be some of the top-level security that's available. Uh, however, uh, over, be wrong. <laughs> over the weekend, uh, credentials were being published on the dark web for admin accounts to be able to log into the WiseEasy dashboard and then have full access to over 140,000 of these terminals for doing credit card processing. And once you had access to the terminal, you could push applications to them. You could change the flow of how checkouts were handled. You could basically change behavior however you wanted. You had full administrative access. And the big dough on this one is here's a payment provider that is obviously handling sensitive data. They're handling credit card transactions. Uh, and None of their accounts, definitely not their admin accounts, but none of their other ones either, used any kind of multi-factor authentication. So it was straight username and password. And so the attackers were able to get a hold of admin credentials, username and password. They then dumped all the other usernames and passwords, started selling those on the dark web. Meanwhile, they've got access to 140,000 terminals. And does that give you historical access to all the transactions that have been done on this terminal in you the know, past? I, we know that? I would doubt – well, hang on. I, I'm going to say <laughs> I would doubt it because like you any – want to store that stuff local. It would be a huge liability yeah. to store <laughs> that, right? But obviously these people are making great decisions. Yeah. Well, we're going to store this, Bob. Well, why am I, we'll just yeah. do it on the terminal right itself. On the device. Yeah. yeah. We'll put a bunch of RAM in there. It'd be great. How about this open S2 bucket? Uh, yeah. Should we just – S3. That's Damn it. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> you know, I, I – I've I've gotten equipment before, like a, like a cable modem, yeah. where S2, it had S3. the 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 password was a random password, but it was printed as a label on the back of the device. Oh yeah, and I, I've always wondered about that. Like, you know, silly. It, well, they're they're 
I, probably in their mind, it's like, well, we'll give you this password, but you're obviously going to change it right when you get it. So I, but no one does. We were talking yeah. today about the the you know the state of IoT security. A lot of these things do have these labels printed on them. Here's the default password and username and so on and so forth. Uh, it is my experience that here recently, you get these things, you plug them in, you log in, and it immediately forces you to change your password. That's smart. So that is something that's happening. Like. As we see this as the trend, right? New technology comes out. People just want to rush out to market, make that money. I get it. Yeah. Security's kind of like on the back burner, right? And then things start going sideways. And then like, whoa, I guess we should probably start changing. And then updates occur. And then new models come out. And they have more security built into them. So that's just going to be the trend. And eventually, IoT stuff will trend toward security. And then people will be bitching about how, I can't log into the you know, in just yeah, I I've gotten to where I don't trust a lot of equipment, and As you, uh, uh, you know my I, I have AT and T fiber at home, and so the the, the fiber I'll call it a modem, it's really a yeah. transceiver or whatever, right? But uh, I don't trust it, yeah. and I I have access to it. I can I can log in and I get certain options. I can't change everything, and AT and T absolutely has option access to it, right? right. So. I have a firewall behind it, yeah. and you know I, I don't want to like it has built-in Wi-Fi. I'm not going to use that, yeah. right? So I, I turn that off. Yep. Uh, you, you just you can't trust that kind of equipment. But when you have IoT inside of your home, right, or or like these restaurants where they got these payment terminals inside of their network, that that was one of the things the attackers they could actually pull the plain text wireless password yeah. for the wireless network that these terminals were on. So, you know, if you were traveling throughout Asia, you could find free wireless all over <laughs> using these payment terminals. And not that, uh, you know, you've got the most sensitive data that the restaurant has at this point by having the access to those terminals, but you could use that to then get a foothold on the network for when they do upgrade to a new terminal, then you could probably... Did they say how well, they got access to these things? Was it a security so flaw? Or? They didn't say that. So it could have been an insider account. It could have been a number of things. So they haven't revealed exactly what that initial gotcha. entry point was. Uh, but I'd be curious to see it. And honestly, I, I always try and think of, like, how would I exploit this, right? Uh, the most painless way to exploit this would be to simply modify the checkout process so that when it submitted the credit card information that it sent a copy to your S2 bucket, right, Peter? <laughs> sure. uh, <laughs> now you're just being mean. So you know, just send a copy somewhere else. So you still let the transaction go through like normal. People can buy and pay for their food and they walk out. They have no idea. But now you've got a copy of all the, the credit card data. Or could you, yeah. could you somehow change the account that that money's going to then? You Probably, could. yeah. That might be great. Just sit back for a, a couple well, of days you, worth you, of every restaurant of using 130,000 terminals. You pull the Michael Bolton and just, you know, take cents on the dollar <laughs> oh, uh, that might through be. millions of transactions, yeah. and then you're swimming and in money. Forget the decimal. But see, yeah, yeah, I always screw up something simple, <laughs> yeah. like a little decimal. Yeah. <laughs> Federal prison. That's not a mundane detail, Michael. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just burned down the building. Yeah. Uh, all right, well, let's go ahead and take a quick break. When we come back, we've got uh, a little more crazy news to get to. We've got, uh, we're going to find out who got pwned, and we're going to put on our tinfoil hats. So stick with us for that right after this on TechNated with Don Pizzette. So you've tried online IT training, but it's boring, out of date, and pricey. Well, IT Pro TV is always engaging, always fresh, and plans start at just $29 a month. It's online IT training that doesn't suck. Start today at itpro.tv. I've been in the career education business since 2000. I wanted to get into computers, and I'd kind of been doing it as a hobby for a few years at that point. But what we found when we were running the career school was about one out of every hundred people that we talked to might enroll. You had books and you had official courses, but if you had a question, you had nobody you could go to. 
Nobody. But what could we do for the other 99? There's 99 people out of 100 who can't afford it. Once I was A-plus certified, it was easy to find jobs. There were lots of jobs that had that as a requirement. One day I came to Don and I said, I've got an idea. What if we could remove the obstacles for people? We said, how do we create a product that is valuable to people? Reduce cost and make it fun. I want to make resources available to people that they can learn about IT. Having an option that you can attend anytime. Learn about certifications, get certified. On demand. And get into the job they want. Where every day there is new content being produced. When something new comes out, we record that content. It's the best of the classroom experience delivered conveniently online. A library of IT knowledge that's waiting for you. Hello, thank you for watching IT Pro TV, helping you learn everywhere you go. We started IT Pro TV to create the training that we wanted, that we wish that we would have had. The style and approach that we felt would truly help people learn IT and succeed. That's what I want to do. I want to make life easier for people who want an IT career. All right, welcome back to TechNado with Don Pizzette. And as promised, uh, we're going to find out some some more crazy stuff. Uh, we, we've saved some of the best for last year, I think. Airplane, airplane bathroom crazy? <laughs> it's, it's as crazy as an airplane bathroom. i got to say, I, yeah, I, I took the uh, Boeing 787, the new Dreamliner, uh, on my last trip. That's a nice airplane bathroom. Yeah, is it now? Yeah. Had some room in it, didn't it? It did. You could Were really, you able to, like, you could really manspread? Pee and... everywhere. <laughs> is that... <laughs> Is that the one that descends a little faster than it's supposed to? The bathroom? The airplane? <laughs> well, I know the 737 MAX descended way too quick. Okay, that, yeah. that's the one that's unsafe. All right, so the, the 787, yeah. I, don't, I don't know that that's one. The so. dream that's the Dreamliner. It doesn't descend wrong. I'll tell you okay. the craziest thing that's about the Dreamliner, dream not to get completely off, off topic, <laughs> but it was an overnight flight, and uh, there are no shades on any of the windows, but it was dark as can be and then i realized underneath because i wasn't at the window my daughter yeah. was it had buttons and you tinted set, the window you, you go down or up because then i'm like the sun has to be up by now and she turned it up and sure enough it's bright as day out there but you turn it down and it, it looked like blue and it's just it was really cool yeah hmm. but not a, not any window shades on that how about that very cool science yeah Killing it. It's crazy. Science. All right. Well, let's go ahead and find out in our next section who got pwned. Looks like you're about to get pwned. Fatality. Yeah! All right. This one comes to us from KrebsOnSecurity.com. 911 proxy service implodes after disclosing breach. And I got to be honest, I, I read this thing. <laughs> and, and he was like, so there's no 911 now? But I'm like, this is not... The 911, I think it is. It is not. Okay. Yep. Because it says 911.re, which I didn't, I was like, what is the it, RE? Oh, it's a, an incredibly confusing article. Yes. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, at first, I'm like, oh, something happened to a 911 service. And I'm like, reading this, I'm like, are 911, are they hackers? <laughs> yeah. Yes, they are. Okay. So in, in, in this case, it's a situation of the hackers getting hacked. Uh, so 911.re is, or was the website, it is down now. Uh, but there was a proxy service called 911. And and hackers could go on the, the dark web and, and purchase credits because they had this whole recharge system. Uh, you'd purchase credits to basically rent proxies to use to anonymize who you were. So if you were in Russia and you wanted to attack the U.S., you could buy proxy access to look like you were in a different country, very much like a VPN service, uh, except a lot of these proxies 
were people's home computers. <laughs> and so 911, this organization based out of China, uh, was hacking into just regular people's computers all over the world and then basically renting access to them as a proxy. It was a very popular service used and marketed on the dark web. Uh, a lot of some of the more nefarious companies actively made use of this service. Well, somebody finally had enough and a unknown anonymous hacker, we don't know who, managed to break into the 911 infrastructure. It was 912. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> They're like, they we're going to show them. them. Yeah. Can't one-up us. Uh, and so they basically broke in, and they did a lot of damage. Uh, so they started releasing every bit of personal information they could find on the people that ran the 911 service. Uh, but also, while they were in there, they did a lot more. Uh, they damaged the servers uh, as far as the, the software that was running on them. They erased the backups that were there. Uh, they completely broke the payment system for being able to recharge and buy more access. So basically, they did a scorched earth policy on 911. And in the end, the hackers... The, the 911 uh, operators, they... Uh, the original hackers. The, the original hackers, yep. They just are, you know, decided they had to throw in the towel, that it was, you know, the damage was done, and so they shut the service down. So really interesting to see. We still don't know who did it uh, or how they got in, but somebody had enough and targeted the hackers. They got hacked to death. <laughs> you got to love it when the irony of a life happens like that. Just so nice. I mean, part of the confusing part of this was uh, reading this... Saying, oh, okay, those are hackers, but then having it be referred to as a service, I'm like, yeah, you know, everything's providing a service. A service. Yeah, yes. hacking is a service. There's, I mean, there's, there it legitimately yeah, is, is a that. service. Yes. Yeah, that's, that's welcome to the world we live in, Peter. Well, good. Yeah. This is great, unless then we see, you know, oh, they managed to exfiltrate all the data, and now they start up their own version well, of this. Well, that's what I was about to say. Like, on a positive, it could be some kind of, I guess we'd have to say a gray hat, right? Yeah, um, vigilante. That, that went and shut this down for the service of good. But what if it's like the number one proxy server <laughs> right. just took out the number two, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. now yeah. they're number one? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's so, probably, what, probably more chance. That's yeah, what this it's is. true. So because this would take effort. This would take a lot of a lot of know-how and effort. I like how they discovered like that this was happening on like darknet forums and like criminal groups. We're like, holy crap, we can't access the thing. Yeah, like, and the, feel like that's good. <laughs> The fun part to me is like you know if we get hacked, we need to report it to the FBI yeah. and other yeah, organizations. Call. They can't call anybody because they're the bad guys. It's like robbing <laughs> drug dealers, right? Yeah, <laughs> I mean it's dangerous work, do? but yeah. you're call the cops. <laughs> yeah, sometimes you got to pay the bills. That's right. I, I do love those stories <laughs> when people do call the cops. Like, yeah, I have heard of that. <laughs> yes, good stuff. Uh, here's the thing: I'm selling two keys of cocaine on this yeah. corner. Next thing I know, dice drove up. They got ski masks on, so give me your stuff. I'm like, dang man, I can't call the cops. And I thought, heck yeah, I can call the cops. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah, that was actual audio. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, at the moment. So I had to look this up. Uh, anybody have a guess what uh, country code .re is? Hmm. Re. I will say, never heard of this country. That's uh, fun. Resident Evil? <laughs> Resident, Resident Evil. Evil. That's what it is. Uh, I'll give you a hint. It's in Africa. Okay. It's, it's the 48th most populous country in Africa. Uh, and I looked up because your next question, there are 54. Yeah. Okay. How many countries are there? Is, there, is it uh, Rwanda? Or? No, it is Reunion, which is an island, uh, a French island located in the Indian Ocean east of Madagascar. Wow, that's Madagascar, and we're even further out there. Yeah, wow. I think now that I think about it, I think there was a big oil spill there like a year ago. Really, there was a tanker that was east of Madagascar off a little island, so it's probably. Hmm. Hmm. 
Well, I mean, you know, be sure to visit us next week on technado.re. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we got to figure out how to work this into the yeah. word. We, well, dot re slash something to complete the. Yeah. Just make technado slash re. <laughs> of course, Don is referring to the fact that our domain name is techne.do. Slash re. Technado. You know, I feel like we should film an episode from the Dominican Republic one day. Huh. Yes, on the Wi-Fi there, that is solid. I wonder sure. if they have YZZ, we can. Uh... That's true. <laughs> yes, a Mauritian uh, oil tanker uh, ran aground on the southeast coast of Reunion Island. I do the very. Didn't bad you used situation. to be an oil tanker captain, like <laughs> previous career. Captain, yeah, Captain Phillips. It was like uh, was a couple years ago. <laughs> he is the captain now. <laughs> Look All at right. me! Look at me! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, let's uh, let's take a moment for all of you to go ahead and grab your tinfoil hats because it is tinfoil hat time. The moon landing was fake. Paul McCartney's been dead since 1966. Dogs can't see color. 5G causes syphilis. Do you understand that? Yes. All <laughs> right. This one comes to us from one of our favorite news sources, USA Today, uh, which is only available now on hotel room floors. Uh, your, your that is true, isn't it? That's yeah. the only place we I used to be yeah. USA Today. Like there and at Burger King, they always <laughs> had them on the counter. I think they're owned by Burger King. <laughs> yeah, that's probably it. All right, uh, fact checked. Uh, scientists at CERN are not opening a portal to hell. And I guess <laughs> my big question is, why not? If we have the technology, <laughs> aren't we making this happen? Yeah. So, uh, you know, the, the Large Hadron Particle Collider, is that the yeah. full name? Uh, anyhow, the Hadron Collider is what uh, I usually call it. LHC uh, is what they usually call it, LHC. Large Hadron Collider. Collider. Okay. Yeah. So the, uh, the LHC, uh, there are a lot of conspiracy theorists out there that believe that once we start testing particles at that level, that we could potentially rend apart the universe and open up a portal to another dimension, uh, and possibly hell, uh, as the case may be. You think uh, one of them scientists are like, hold my beer. <laughs> yeah. uh, I bet we can. Yeah, yeah, I bet I can get that hell open. Was that the same guy that called nine one one? Yeah, he's like, listen, okay. I was waiting around these cop shops. My drugs got stolen. I figured, you know what? I'm gonna fire up this LHC, see if I can't get my way up into hell. <laughs> now, I, I will say, like, there's some conspiracy theories, like flat Earth, right? Yeah. Where it's just not, it's not possible, right? Like, yeah. this is there's a zero percent chance of that being right, <laughs> but. We just lost two subscribers. When, <laughs> when you when you're testing something at the atomic level that's never been tested yeah, before, you're trying to discover something. I think there's a non-zero chance of, of you opening, opening a portal to hell. hell. Yeah, yeah. I think we can't completely rule it out. But I'm not worried about it, and the reason is I think people are overlooking the fact that there's already a portal to hell in every city in the United States. Called the DMV, and <laughs> yeah, it's already open. I thought yeah. that Russia had drilled a hole into hell. That was Stranger Things. You're thinking of Stranger oh. Things. Yeah, no, no, oh, no spoilers. Right. No spoilers. With uh, with Russia, do you remember there was the uh, the underground lake that they wanted to drill down into? Oh, yeah. That was deeper than anything ever, and they said we're going to find new and bacteria. We hear, like screams from hell. Oh well, yeah, we all saw the thing, right? Yeah. I mean. <laughs> You know what's down there. <laughs> Hell. That's just I, science. Yeah, I that's mean, right. their head's going to pop off and run around like an upside-down spider. It, we know what happens. It's not <laughs> Dude, that was a great movie. It really was. I yeah. really yeah. yeah. really enjoyed just that. Man's, Wilford you know. Brimley being the 
like a monster. <laughs> That's just TV you don't get to see anymore. Yeah. It's just man's desire to smash things together is all this is. It is. <laughs> it is. But it said the uh, the collider's been offline for a couple of years or three yes. three year hiatus, which because this kind of stuff came out when they first Mm-hmm. You know, we're like, hey, we're firing this thing up. I think I didn't hear the portal of hell stuff. I heard more about the oh, we're going to rip apart the space black holes, baby, little mini microscopic mini black, black holes. holes. Yeah, which yeah. yeah. is all. And all they did was you know find like, bosons. Well, that's and why we put it in Switzerland. So muons yeah. and we'll be quarks. fine. Well, you know the 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 loop that it uses is in, incredibly large, it's right? Very it's like big. over a mile, yeah. uh, and apparently it takes weeks or even months to get it up to speed so you know it's not just something they flip on at a moment's notice <laughs> ah, well i guess i'll see everybody here next week yeah and we'll see what happened <laughs> yeah 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 um with our new host beelzebub <laughs> yeah. really glad to be here guys yeah. ian can you turn on that voice filter again that we use for the freddy krueger sketch yeah that's yeah i know that uh that'll be crazy but the fact that they they have to put out something about this is the best part. Because, you know, you can ignore it. But I guess if the if the online chatter gets loud enough, you're like, I guess we put out a statement that we're not. It seems like every new technology or something like that, somebody is claiming that it's, uh, yeah, you know, some sort of like demonic, spiritual, this, that, and the other. People fear the unknown. Well, this issue was important enough that it was picked up by both USA Today and Technado. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. We are the only two outlets. <laughs> Oh, they've got several fact check sources on here. Uh, we cannot out. confirm nor deny um, portals to hell. There's not a danger of black holes. It says, um, you know, if you were shilling for, <laughs> you know, a massive cover up conspiracy for the LHC, that's exactly what you'd say, yeah. Peter. Yeah, that's you know, you get these these media outlet types it's all up in your business second about like, oh, I fact checked it. It's not real. And what they're doing, what they're spinning around there is two individual pieces of crack. Yeah. They get a crack crackhead to jump in and try to grab it at just the right the time. Team. Yeah. yeah. Well, it comes out. Well, all right. Fantastic. I like how we've descended into our own level of hell <laughs> yeah. talking about crack. That's all this is. It's a big bong, is what they've got. <laughs> if, we, if we make this weed go fast enough, oh, it's just man. gonna start smoking. I'll tell you how to get high. <laughs> That'll do it. LHC gets you some THC. You know, it does sound like a drug, doesn't, <laughs> doesn't it? it? Yeah. <laughs> all right, I want to let you know about a couple things. First of all, uh, Daniel and I are gonna be at Black Hat. Uh, next week, and we're gonna do a couple of uh, we're of shows do some LHC because <laughs> it's legal there, yeah, in LHC. yeah, yeah. So, and hell <laughs> in Sin City. <gasps> yeah. Oh my gosh, is that like the exact opposite See, point on the globe? From, yeah, that's uh, the, it. That's how it works from that Russian. We're gonna do all maybe? like uh, what's that uh, that movie about the China syndrome where they burn a hole to the world? Yeah, we're gonna do that. That's it. Fantastic Voyage, I believe. No. Fantastic. <laughs> I get these mixed up. Yeah. Uh, but uh, so that'll be fun. So look soul for that. That's and if what it was. yeah, it's soul plane. That's it. Uh, and if you're if you're coming out there, yeah, definitely let us know because we're uh, we're going to be doing it on site, so uh, you can you can meet up with us and say hi. Um, but want to let you know about a couple of webinars coming up. First of all, there is one today, which is Thursday, August fourth. Uh, that Don is doing. Uh, it is how to get started in IT. Uh, Thursday, August fourth at two p.m. Eastern time. So don't worry if you miss that live; it will be recorded, uh, and you can check it out. But uh, Don's going to be taking a lot of questions. Are, are you doing like a presentation first, or is it you're jumping in with Q? Uh, we're going to talk a little bit, but it'll mostly be Q&A. A lot of people have questions. It's just a great forum to be able to get in there and answer them for everybody. Yeah, that is that does seem to be the webinar that we do where 
we don't have time for all the questions after right. the fact, so that, that is a good one to do. Uh, also, uh, coming up on Thursday, August 18th, which is my parents' 50th wedding anniversary. Congratulations to your parents. Yeah, I, my sister goes, are we supposed to get them something? It's like I think we do. Yeah, I've never, you know, you don't feel get, like that's worth it. I mean, I feel like they should get each other something. It's their <laughs> wedding anniversary. They were divorced twenty years ago. Oh, but yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> should point that out. Yeah. They've been together yeah. since the happily 70s. married yeah. for nineteen years. <laughs> uh, so that is all things cybersecurity. Uh, another one of those that we've done in the past with a few other people. But Daniel will be with uh, Ben Fink, who is with uh, On Defend, right? Yeah, that's my boy Ben. Yeah. He's awesome. Is he, he coming knows. in? Um, he he'll, he'll, be? he'll probably. We're yeah, we like to use the big. Oh, yeah. Put him on the big Bam. The big arse monitor. That's right. Uh, Well, check out all those um, webinars. I didn't even put up the link there, but at itpro.tv slash webinars where you can see those. And like I said, you can see all the archived versions of those as well uh, if you want to check those out. And while you're on that internet, nope, that's the wrong thing. That's going to start making noise. There we go. Because that don't make no sense. It's right next to these (laughs) big fat fingers. Uh, The (laughs) Yeah. Not that Your good finger today. must be this big around because <laughs> no, those <it's>, squares <laughs> are those like iPad, those iPads behind me, and so yeah, it's like I have to true. literally dislocate my elbow <laughs> to get to this thing. Um, but yeah, head over to techne.do uh, from the Dominican, the Dominican Republic, Republic or whatever yeah. country you're in. You should be able to access it and uh, and see all the great features uh, or crap that we have over on that site. But also <laughs> click that big orange button that says "Sponsored by IT Pro TV," and that is where you can get 30% off of your IT Pro TV personal membership. Uh, you can also request a team trial and uh, get a get a demo set up and see all the great features available to teams from IT Pro TV. Man, I was in Dominican Republic one time trying to sell some drugs, and the cops showed up because I got robbed and opened portals to hell. And then you realize, <laughs> oh, I, I was buying the, cop, or buying the drugs from like, the cops. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. and then they robbed me. <laughs> and then they robbed you. Yeah, I've not been to the Dominican. Yeah. Go to the other side. To make a ride. Haiti is the other side? Haiti? Same, same island, right? Oh, not Hades. Hades. Yeah, <laughs> Hades. That's in Switzerland. Gotcha, gotcha. That's under underground. In the, yeah, Haiti. Yeah, it gets confusing. Yeah, it does. It's hot, but not, it does not get quite warm. that hot. It does not get warm. Hot. All right, well, thank you all uh, for joining us. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you next week from, from Black Hat. Don will be holding down the fort back here, but we'll probably be able to get all get together and have some fun. So Excellent. See you next week on Technado with Don Pizzette.